Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. Oh, my Ooh, God. Buddy, how's it going? Wow. I mean, honestly, cr- it's crazy. Yeah. Everything's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you want to talk about your craziness, and then I'll get into my craziness? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I mean, I just had, like, just a whirlwind, like, two weeks. Um, I quit my job. Hell yeah, you did. Um, Are we happy about this? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm very happy. I'm just like, I like, it's it's just a weird feeling. I don't know how to describe. Had the same job for, and you were like on call 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, it was basically like you know on call, responding to stuff, uh, basically all times of the day. Um, And I mean, I've had that job. I got that job like the second day I was in New York. Like, yeah. uh, so it's been pretty much like my whole life since I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very strange feeling to sure. not like have that responsibility or like be tethered down to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still kind of like decompressing from that. Right. And then, uh, I'm leaving in 12 hours to go to, uh, Scandinavia. <laughs> oh my God. Going to, uh, going to Sweden for a month. And you are having to do a slightly different thing than most people when they internationally travel, which is you are having to deal with moving around an instrument while internationally yeah, traveling. Yeah, traveling with an instrument is just, it's such a weird, convoluted nightmare. I mean, it could be easy. Like, you would think like, oh, I'll just put it in a nice safe case and I'll check it. But the thing is that that is still like hard and it still like runs the risk of damaging your gear so it's more advisable to bring it on the plane with you and there is an actual faa regulation that they have to allow you to bring it on as a carry-on but they don't like to do that Uh, it takes up a lot of room um and so basically there's no way to like pre-arrange it i have to just show up with my instrument and basically before i board the plane talk to the gate agents and the attendants and basically smooth talk my way into letting them there's a every plane has a suit closet see it is wild to me that if you are a musician Uh who travels internationally Mm. which is a very common thing yeah it is you have to go through this like carnival act yeah to get your instrument on the plane but they have a suit closet there's a suit closet on every plane near like how many people are traveling like i understand they're you know business people travel and they they don't want to wrinkle their suits mm-hmm. but i've never seen like people shoving each other out of the way trying to get access to the suit closet no i yeah i have no idea but and it's like it, it's not you have to like get access to it like you have to like give your thing to the attendant so i basically have to show up and then convince them like hey can you like can you put this in the suit closet and they're probably going to be like no at first and then i have to explain why it needs to be in the suit closet because like the long and short of it is I just I've never checked a bag on an airplane. I don't trust it. Like mm-hmm. there's and I, I've got multiple like connecting flights and I'm just like I just don't you know, like I said, theoretically I could put it in a nice case and check it, but it's like I just don't know that it's actually gonna get there. Sure. <laughs> I would I'm be going. paranoid the whole time. Especially when like your livelihood is att- it's one thing if they lose your luggage and it's like, oh, man, my favorite pair of shoes yeah, in there. Like, yeah. that bums me out. Right. But it's like, oh, the thing I use to live. Yeah, because, yeah, <laughs> if, if, if something breaks or is lost, like. You're just fucked. Yeah, I would have to, like, go spend literally all the money I have in the world to, like, go buy another instrument. Because right. I'm going to be over there to play shows. So it's like I have to, like. I would have to figure out something. So it's just wild to me that it's 2018 and mm-hmm. that's like the best solution they've come up with for if someone's traveling with an instrument. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I just don't, maybe things have improved. I just don't trust anything that gets checked because I don't no. know who's handling it. They're throwing no, it my, around. I've like, had my suitcase fucked up that yeah. I've checked. Yeah, yeah. That was an instrument. Yeah. yeah. No and way. then, and then, yeah, it's like with checked bags, it's so weird that like when you're like connecting a flight, like you can't actually like, be assured that it's making it onto your connecting flight. Right. You just have to trust. Like, oh. there's no, you can't put your hands on it until you actually get to your destination. So it's like, I mean, when I worked at the hotel, I mean, so many people would come in and like, hey, my luggage is not here. Uh, some guy in a van is going to show up at two o'clock in the morning to bring me my suitcase. Right. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just weird. It's just, it's just, just an, like, 
nerve wracking and like yeah. I, I'm sure it'll work out. I sort of live life by the seat of my pants. Like right. Right. I often just do things just assuming they will work out. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I moved to New York. I was like, yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. And that worked out. Yeah. So, so there you go. You'll um, be fine. Yeah. So I'll figure it out when I get Let there. Let me tell you about I'm my so, morning. I'm so excited because I you oh. I walked in and you're like, did you get my message? And I was like, no, because I, I don't have a phone right now. And you're like, great. I'm going to surprise you on air. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Speaking of flying by the seat of your pants, Eric yeah. just does not have a phone yeah, right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> uh, which, again, in 2018 is bananas. <laughs> you need a phone. So... This morning, I was getting ready. Mm-hmm. Just showered. Yeah. Was in the bedroom. Yeah. Doing my thing. Mm-hmm. And the loudest goddamn noise I've ever heard in my fucking life happened right outside my window. What kind of noise? Like a like a like uh, a hum, like an explosion. It's like the sound of like a boulder crashing into my window, okay. like blowing out my window. Oh my god. And so Wait, now you, you can open my door a little bit. Eric is right by my bedroom. Uh-huh. Check out that baby. Check oh my out God. my window. Holy shit. Uh, so my third floor neighbor uh-huh. was attempting to install an air conditioner. Oh, no. Did it fall out of the and window? And it fell out the fucking window. <gasps> and it took out. And it hit you. Did you have an air conditioner? And it took out my upstairs neighbor's air conditioner. <sighs> And then both of those air conditioners crashed into my <gasps> air conditioner. Oh, my God. And blew out my window. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and blew out my upstairs neighbor's window, and scared the living shit out of us. Because oh like I god. instantly knew what had happened because I heard the third floor air conditioner hit her air conditioner before it hit my air conditioner. Uh-huh. So I had a little bit of a time to process what was happening. <laughs> yeah. She had no time. Yeah, there was just so a- just a giant explosion <laughs> in her bedroom, and she was also in her bedroom at the time, and she was like, "It scared." Because she's like, "That is also." My biggest fear yeah, living, sure, in, living in the city. Somebody yeah, yeah. trying to install an air conditioner and it slips out like that and yeah. fucking kills somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or kills you. Uh, so truly the loudest noise I've ever heard. Penny's still hiding under the bed. She's oh so scared. God. Um, <sighs> like, I didn't know what to do. I just ran downstairs to get Charles. <laughs> and Charles gets home at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what he told me later on that I didn't know was he was so high. <laughs> so I just run out Charles, <laughs> Charles. And he's like dead asleep and he wakes up and he's like, what? And I was like, come upstairs. And he comes upstairs with a... And I'm just like trying to explain to him what's happening. And he's just like so confused. He's like, what happened? The air conditioner? What? Uh, and there's just glass everywhere. So my, oh my third floor neighbors come down. By the way, I've met all my neighbors now and they're all lovely people. <laughs> yeah. They're so fucking apologetic. Of they're course. like, oh my fucking God. Uh, so they swept up all the glass. They cleaned everything. Uh, my neighbor, Justin's like, I'll pay for everything. I'm so sorry. He like arranged for all the windows to be replaced. Um, but I was just like, Dude, thank God nobody got hurt. Yeah. That's honestly, (laughs) of all of the non-death situations (laughs) that could happen in that sort of situation, that's definitely the craziest. Uh, Yeah. I can now, I think that might be my newest, craziest New York story. The fact that it hit two different air conditioners (laughs) on the way down (laughs) is is just the funniest thing to me. (laughs) That's like, that's amazing. Oh, my God. So now I have to deal with this shit. And that's why I, <laughs> we just had to pause the show because I had to call PC Richards to arrange a new delivery of a new air conditioner. Oh I just God. got that air conditioner. Oh, my God. That was another thing where I was like, I think I have a warranty. And my neighbor, Justin, was like, I don't think the warranty covers this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. That seems like if you were to call and you were like, you were like trying to get your warranty. And they're like, OK, how did it break? And you're like, OK, okay so here's what out. happened. Hear me out. <laughs> uh, and then they would be like, "What? you don't have to make up stuff. Like, you could just tell us it's broken like no that's what happened like okay guys i know it's expensive to get an air conditioner installed especially in the city but my neighbor justin is a big guy he works at equinox so he's like a trainer oh wow and it slipped out of his hands when he was trying to do it so i would just say don't try to do it (laughs) uh, especially because it could fucking kill someone i was so glad i wasn't standing by the window yeah i mean honestly the only thing that really is good is that like this is like the back of the place and there's like nothing there's no like sidewalk on that side right no no no, no. yeah so it's like a backyard so like concrete patio back there yeah i thought about that too if it had gone out every time i'm walking in manhattan and i see people with like exterior air conditioning units i'm like oh i could die yeah i could die at any second it's really scary and like a lot of people try to move them on their own i was just i just did a a lloyd hangout with my team Mm -hmm. and um 
Jake does that. He like moves around the air conditioner from like the bedroom to the living room, depending on where we're like hanging out. Uh-huh. Uh, and just watching it, I was like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. I mean, I put ours in, we, we put ours in the window, but it's also like, again, it's the back of the house. There's yeah. nothing under our window. Right. If it slipped out, it would just fall to a patio and like break. But right. like it wouldn't hit anything. It wouldn't hit two air conditioners on the way down. Oof, yeah. <laughs> we also figured out we all have uh, a bedroom in the same area. Because yeah. we're like, oh, that's how that happened. It yeah, was like yeah, a yeah. chain reaction. That's so funny. Yeah, because there's no reason that they all needed to be in a line down yeah. the house. It just so well, happened. There's to... also two windows in each bedroom. Right. So like we each picked the same it window. It just so happened. That's yeah. Ama- honestly, wild. that's an amazing story. <laughs> That it's but also like honestly, if I'm just trying to be optimistic about it, because this is such a fucking pain in the ass. But uh, I got to meet all my neighbors, and they're yeah. all really nice, and we all exchange numbers, so we all have each other's Look, info now. Nothing brings together New Yorkers <laughs> like insane tragedy. Oh my god, that is actually very true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just need to have everybody know that again, the loudest noise I've ever heard uh-huh. in my life, Desmond unfazed <laughs> he just like looked at me and then he immediately was curious that the window was suddenly open. <laughs> and then the neighbors were coming over and he was very excited yeah like he was in everybody's business <laughs> penny is still hiding <laughs> oh my God. and this happened two hours ago jesus christ and i get it because jesus christ oh man what if that ha- that would have been what if that happened on air on air oh, oh fuck it would have been amazing i mean yeah it was it was pretty close yeah that's I still can't get over that. That's so funny to me. That I just like, I didn't even have a top on yet. And I was just standing in my bedroom going, fuck, like, screaming. <laughs> it was so loud. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm dealing what with that. What a day. What a morning. What a day. Oh, also guys, I ordered a couch from Ikea. Yeah. Pretty benign statement, sure. right? Sure. I'm like, oh, my couch was supposed to be delivered today. Why, why, I wonder what happened. Why, why wasn't she delivered? And then I check the tracking number and it says, um, you know, like order placed, Mm -hmm. order leaving a distribution facility. And then it just said order not delivered as planned. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's weird. So I go to Ikea Help's Twitter account and it is carnage. (laughs) They're like, we'd like to apologize to all of our New York City and New Jersey uh, customers all orders are running late and like basically we can't tell you when they're going to be oh delivered my God. and people are losing their shit apparently people have been waiting a month for their order a month a month and ikea is blaming xpo delivery services who's the delivery service they use okay so they don't have like an in-house delivery they don't service have they just hire they a delivery outsourced service. Okay. xpo and xpo is like radio silent <sighs> so now i'm like do i wait for a month to get my couch do i dispute the credit card charge like i don't know i i literally don't know what i should do if i should just wait or it's bananas though people are like pissed that's insane so i will say this ikea if you can go to the store and pick up shit yourself I like Ikea. Yes. Don't order Ikea I've never ordered anything. I just did because it was like the couch had good reviews and it's cheap. I think we got our stuff from Ikea. I think it was delivered too and I can't remember. So I'm like, should I I cancel? Should I wait? I don't know. I'm going to give them like a week for XBO to get back to me. I wouldn't wait a month because that's that's insane. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Or I would like, if you waited a month, I would be like demanding like, partial refunds yeah, it's especially sure. for like delivery charge and stuff like that there was least. one person in louisiana who's like i've been waiting two and a half months and i'm like that's insane two and a half months yeah so don't Jesus order Christ. stuff from ikea online that's my uh psa that's for today one of my f- one of my favorite things though was uh when you were tweeting about that i saw you tweet about it and <laughs> it was just so funny to me that you were like you tweeted like ikea usa and then like immediately afterwards you tweeted another one that just said ikea usa help <laughs> yeah they have two separate help. accounts they have a help account just for complaints which now i, just I understand was, why for some reason though they were just adding the word help, help. into it's just so funny <laughs> to me instead of being like customer support or anything it's just like ikea help <laughs> uh guys it's a monday interview which means i have a new brand new wonderful interview for you with matt kershen uh, he's a very funny comic from the UK. He's now a writer on the Jim Jeffries show. I've known him years and years and years and years, way back in the day from comedy festivals. Uh, he's just a terrific, nice, funny, smart person. And a lovely should, combination. Yeah, and you should follow him on uh, Twitter at Matt Kirshen. Kirshen spelled K-I-R-S-H-E-N. 
Also, go listen to his podcast, Probably Science. Um, it's a good one. And also, you should watch the Jim Jeffrey show because it's very funny and has a lot of wonderful writers working for it. Uh, so, guys, go follow him and please enjoy the interview. What I've been asking people, because things are terrible right now, is I've been asking people what they're doing that's giving them joy. So that can be something that you're reading or watching or listening to. Basically anything that's like outside of the terrible news cycle. <laughs> so I guess let's start with, are you reading anything at the moment that's making you well, happy? Well, it's, it's weird. Right now, I don't I, because I do this science podcast, we keep getting, we've, we've finally got to the point where publishers are aware of our existence. And so we keep being sent books and yes. writers <laughs> and which is lovely, but then it suddenly becomes a job. So <laughs> like all of a sudden I've gone from, Oh, I might read a novel on and off while I, while I'm falling asleep or traveling or whatever little bits of time I have. And now suddenly okay, I have to read this book about astrobiology and because we've got the, the author of it on the show in a week and a half's time and I need to have read it by then. And it's a good book, but suddenly it feels like schoolwork where I, I have to have the book finished at least mostly by Tuesday morning. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's mostly what I've been reading recently. And I, I, I keep promising myself to start some kind of fiction book at some point soon. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I remember there was a, a time where I was reading nothing but nonfiction and then for like a year and a half. And then I picked up a, a fiction book and I could feel like different parts of my brain being stimulated. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, this is what it's like to imagine a world rather than <laughs> have someone describe how the world actually is. Right. <laughs> Which is what the nonfiction books are. <laughs> oh, is that what our world is? As opposed to, oh, this is what a different world might be. Right. And I could imagine what people look like. Well, it's going to be even worse for you because I imagine the books that you were getting were all politics, politics. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how they find me because I've moved a few times now and I still get books from publishers, which again is like very nice and you can yep. discover new authors that way. And I'm always happy if I get anything from Haymarket Books because they have really good political books. But yeah, I'm always impressed that they track me down. <laughs> um, yep. So is there anything you are listening to right now? And that can mean uh, podcasts or music. And also feel free to plug your own podcast. Oh, thanks. Well, my podcast is called Probably Science. Uh, next time you're in L.A., we want to steal you for it. Hell we, yeah. We normally go through the week in science news with comedians. And then every so often we have special episodes where we have a scientist on talking about their work, which is why we get the books. I I can't even remember who the first scientist was that we had and how that ended up happening, but I, I, yeah, I should look back and work out how we got onto that track because it was originally just comedians, mm. uh, but then somehow we've sort of merged with the science writer and popular science world. So that's what our show is. It's a group. It's normally a group of idiots stumbling through the weekend. <laughs> and then sometimes we have some non-idiots on who are much better at knowing what they're talking about. I mean, that's basically my show too, except it's idiots talking about the news. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, cool. So what are you listening to um, music-wise or if you have time to listen to other podcasts? I, well, yeah, well, I, I, I drive, I've got a writing job right now, so I'm driving into work most days. So I, I have a succession of various podcasts. Um, i trying to think what the fun ones are that I, I look forward to. I still listen to Jesse versus Cancer every week, which is mm. Jesse, who used to be the co-host of our show, went off to Nashville to get cancer treatment. He's doing pretty well now, I should point out, but... I listen to that when that comes out every week. Um, and then what am I? Uh, well, Slow Burn I was enjoying. That gets super political. That was. Um, I swear to you, I was just listening to that before I called you. I It's really good. I haven't. There's a new episode that I haven't listened to yet. Yeah. But it's that, great. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's, um, it's a podcast about the Watergate scandal, but it's also like all of the eerie parallels between the Nixon administration and the Trump administration. Yeah, I, I really like it because they they draw all those parallels, but without banging you over the head with it. Like right. there's a there's 
an episode where they interview this journalist who she was like a young beat reporter during the whole Watergate process and her job, her, her mission one day was to go to bars in the heart of Nixon country and interview Nixon supporters about why they were still supporting Nixon despite Watergate going on. And they, they don't ever need to go... They, they never need to say, oh, this is the same as the interview pieces that they do in Trump land where people ask people who are supporting Trump why they still support Trump. Like, they never say any of that. They just leave it right. to draw. They leave you to draw the very obvious and very simple conclusion. I like it. It was It's well done. Mm. Uh, um, oh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it because there was a really... Uh, this Sounds Serious was really nicely done. I don't know if you heard of that. No. That was done by the... Oh, God, what, they're a Canadian comedy podcast. I can't remember what their normal podcast is called, but they put out this series that was a par- basically parody of Serial and those sort of true crime NPR podcasts. But it's very well done, and it's very funny. I recommend it. This Sounds Serious is the name of it. I think there are... Let me see how many episodes. i got my phone open in front of me now. There are uh, eight episodes. Mm. Uh, I there's my little recommendation. This sounds serious. Go for it. It's I love fun. that there's all these spinoffs of like satirical shows and podcasts sort of sending up the true crime genre because I love true crime, but I'm also yeah. very much aware that it's like such a weird obsession. And apparently I never saw it, but American um, Vandal apparently was very good. It's very well done. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the two are very the two are pretty different takes on what could be a very similar thing yeah i I recommend american battle Um, have you had a chance to see sharp objects yet no is that the new hbo thing it is and it's uh it's a serious drama starring amy adams but it's a little bit of a different take on the standard true crime show she's a journalist and she's sent back to her hometown to cover um a series of murders uh, very young girls have been turning up dead but it it sort of examines that weird obsession that we have with little dead white girls okay Oh god, you you've basically now set me cuz we're about to get onto TV shows mm-hmm. and it's like it feels more and more like a job now to get through TV shows. Like it's like, <laughs> like particularly my girlfriend and I have like a couple that we do together, but we can't do too many because it mm-hmm. just starts to be like it just takes over our life. Right. It's it starts to be just all right, we've got We've got two handmaids and a Westworld. Oof. I know that and that like I, that was my pairing for a long time. And those are both heavy. <laughs> yeah. The two types of future two yeah. <laughs> are only two options. <laughs> yeah. Which which way is the future going to go? Is it going to go handmade? Is it going to go Westworld? Which, which <laughs> or, way are we all going to be murdered? Or both. Let's write that yeah. show. Let's blend them. Right. <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit of Westworld but the robots won't look like people. They'll just be more computer robots and then a bit of handmade and yeah. maybe the robots will be more handmade in them. They'll have Someone will give the robots morality, but then they'll go over the top with morality and then suddenly all the women will have to wear red robes and hoods. And I'm telling you, everyone will watch it. Yep. I'd watch it. Uh, so, so, yeah, we, we, we have a few of those that we're like, uh, and then... Oh, and then we're working through Marvelous Mrs. Maisel together as well. That's our like that's our light relief one that we work that we're doing together. I was gonna say that's like a joy after Handmaid's Tale and Westworld. That is a joy. And then on my own, I'm like flitting between um, Queer Eye and Great British Baking Show. Oh, that's or, therapy. Yeah, it really is. It's just like all right, all right. I've had enough of dystopian futures of various sorts. Now I just want to watch a group of. Lovely English people in a tent try to make a cake. I <laughs> went home recently to visit my parents and we were watching TV and the Great British Baking Show came on and I had already seen the whole season because it was on Netflix, but my parents hadn't seen it yet. And we were like halfway through the episode and I said something that hadn't happened yet. And my dad was suddenly like, wait, did you see this? 
And I was like, oh, I've seen this whole season. And he was like, why are we watching it again? And I was like, because this is like therapy for me. I can watch <laughs> episodes of the Great British Baking Show that I've already seen. It's just like a lovely yeah, show. It, it really is. It's not one way like, oh, God, if someone spoils for me. who? Although apparently <laughs> that was a thing. There was one that one of the most recent seasons one of the judges accidentally tweeted something about who won oh, about no. an hour before the episode went out. And it was a, it was national news. Like it was a big story. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I bet it was. I hadn't realized how big a thing it, it's called Bake Off in the UK. Yes. Uh, and it's, um, but I hadn't realized that I think it's the first, the first season that's on Netflix, which I think was actually the third or fourth one that they did in the UK. But there's a, are you aware of, um, ice cream gate oh no what happened so it, you might not not have even really noticed it when you watch have you you've watched the whole show right yes you watched, okay so the first season that's on netflix there was a guy they had to make i think it was ice cream cake but then he one of the guys suddenly realized that his stuff wasn't chilling in the freezer yes and he's like why wasn't it in the freezer and it turned out someone else had taken theirs out his out to put theirs in and forgot to put his back in afterwards right i do remember and that. then the, the show was like oh it had only been out for a couple of minutes but he sort of had a bit of a meltdown and then chucked his he just threw his whole thing away yes and then he gets eliminated that week because they're like what you threw your thing away we could have tasted it even though it was a bit melty what did you do but then that was like in the uk that was that was a thing. Like it, it was like it was. It was a whole news cycle worth of story. I do um, remember this because it was like a meme, like him throwing the cake away and then standing before the judges. Yeah, and they were like, "She did it on purpose." Yeah, and then she's off, and then the next week she's not there because she's quote ill. <laughs> uh, did she sabotage uh, him? Well, she, like, you know, that the show is like she did it by accident and it was only out to the freezer for a couple of minutes and it wouldn't have been enough to make it melt. And he's saying that, it, no, it was out for longer than that. It, it fully melted. And, and then people, but she, he doesn't think she did it on purpose. But then other people are like, she totally did it on purpose. <laughs> and I, I think question, I think somebody even brought it up in Parliament. I was like, it, it, oh, my it, God. Like Britain. I, I think we're always that ridiculous. But I think particularly now. I mean, this is pretty much what the point of what you're asking me right now. Like, what are what are you doing to occupy your brain? I think everyone's like, all right, this occupies our brain. We are. This is the drama we need. People. Yeah. Sometimes people it feels are arguing about the crispness of the top of a flan. Totally. Sometimes it feels really good to obsess as a society over something very stupid. Yeah. As opposed to like, um, like urgent matters of life and death. Yeah, but this isn't stupid, though, because it's actually quite serious. Honestly, so <laughs> oh, I don't know why you would say that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're right. Of course. Of course. Uh, and then finally, I wanted to ask you, outside of media recommendations, is there any advice you have for people about what they can do for their, for like self-care or their own mental health? Oh, you, you know what? Like genuinely switch off from time to time. Like mm -hmm. it's because I... Okay, right now, I get obsessed by this. I'm constantly on the Twitter, Facebook, news app cycle where you're just going between the three of them and the same stories are coming up in different things. And and you know that no matter how big a story is, it's just going to go through the news cycle and be just gone in, a, in an hour. And then every so often, for various reasons, I've not been able to check it. And it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's totally fine. Like, like the... um. On Tuesday of last week, I was flying to Denver because that's where my girlfriend's from. And we were going to visit the family for the fourth. And we were flying. Here we go. Talking about a trivial thing that occupies your brain in a very heavy way. I, we, we were flying when England was playing the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Yes. So I was I managed to watch the first half of the match on the plane. Uh, sorry, on the in the departure lounge. And then... And then the second half, we had all different systems rigged up, ready to watch. But then it turned out the plane didn't have Wi-Fi or a TV. No. And I couldn't even get a phone signal during the taxiing because there was just no signal in the plane for whatever reason. We were just oh. in a dead zone. Um, and then when we landed, the direct TV app wouldn't let us watch the recording because we were now in a different 
TV region. So it was like, no, you recorded the LA region, and now we're in the Denver region. Um, so because of all this, I had my phone on airplane mode because I didn't want to receive any text from anyone with the result. <laughs> right. but it, it was like seven hours. It took so it took so long to finally watch the whole game because like, we then got to her parents' house and they recorded it. They DVR'd it. But then the recording managed to cut off the last 15 minutes because it went to extra time and it didn't <sighs> record all that. So it was, it was just this whole ludicrous ordeal. But during that whole time as well, I couldn't get any news. Like, I could, you know, I obviously wouldn't look at Twitter because Twitter would also, or Facebook, because at some point there would be a, yay, we did it, or, right. uh, well played, guys, but whatever, you know, it would blow the results. So I couldn't get any Trump news. I couldn't get any of the, the Mueller news. I couldn't get any Brexit news. I couldn't get any, like, any of this stuff for, for a day. And it was, it was fine. Yeah, I was... I was totally fine like I, my life still continued yeah i was just in cuba for a few days and i had my phone on airplane mode the entire time because obviously Amazing. i couldn't get cell reception there and uh wanted to connect to some cuban phone network and download for half a <laughs> mega Wow. Yeah, exactly. And it was amazing like and you're right too, especially what i do, i feel like I'm addicted to the news cycle because I'm afraid of falling behind because I have to cover all of these news stories. Right, and, uh, exactly. And I have to say, because also I don't mention this either, but um, right, right now my, my day job, my regular gig is I write on the Jim Jeffries show, which is a topical news show as well. So And a great show. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But we have, you know, we have Slack channels constantly being updated with anytime anyone finds an interesting news story and it just goes in the Slack channel and then we read it and it's, you know, looking at it now, there's um, just, it's just misery. I've, I've got Slack open in front of me right now because I'm on my computer for Skype and just the various channels are like gun control, healthcare, Mercers, LBGTQ, oceans, overpopulation, just religion, protests, Trump. It's just, it's just these stories go in and yeah. I have to read them for work because we have to write jokes about them and it just gets sad. So yeah. it was nice to, it was so nice just to watch a couple of guys kick a ball around a field <laughs> for a while and then totally. have my phone up. Like to have that be the big stress as well, to be the big stress, be like walk through the airport on the way out without looking at any of the TVs in the bar. Like that was my <laughs> challenge. That was my mission. Right. Right. Uh, so great advice. Everybody unplug. I mean, it's, keep it's listening. Obviously, watch the Jim Jeffrey show and listen to my podcast and listen to Matt's podcast and then unplug after that. Yeah, listen to Probably Science because we cover the news, but it's it's the science news. And also, science news is so much less immediate as well because hmm. if something's being reported now, that means a study that was started four years ago has finally got to the publishing stage right. and has... <laughs> and has been reviewed or at least been had its preliminary. So it's like, oh, this thing was discovered two and a half years ago that they probably, they're pretty sure now is probably true. Right. Thanks, science. Which is so much more relaxing than, <laughs> look what he just said, and no one's reacting. How can they not be reacting to the fact that he just said that? How can, how, how can Ryan, how can Paul Ryan still be okay with this when he said this, but before the election he said, and, and then three days later, it's just the new outrage. Like, it just gets so much. That's a good sell. Uh, science news is the opposite of Paul Ryan news. It is. It moves so slowly, and it doesn't get published until most people are agreed it's probably right. Thanks again to Matt. Please go follow him on Twitter at Matt Kirshen. Tell him how much you enjoyed the interview. That's always lovely when you guys do that. And yeah. I know the guests really appreciate it. Totally. Uh, yeah, listen to Probably Science. And check out the Jim Jeffrey Show. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Mm. Uh, the bad news is that my fucking air conditioner got knocked out of my window. Yeah, that's some pretty bad news. We'll start with there. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty. Honestly, nothing could possibly be worse than that. Uh, couch being a fucking month late huh? <laughs> guys being an adult i tweeted this the other day is 90 percent having tense conversations with customer service yeah, yeah it's just true it's just a true thing that happens when you grow up yeah i think also like 
you just realize how bad everything is. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, like, you care more. I feel like if you were, like, a teenager and something like that happened, n- not necessarily the Ikea thing, but, like, the air conditioner thing, you'd be like, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. You're telling everybody, you're like, you're never going to believe what's happening, you know? You're like, we'll figure whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then, like, when you're an adult, you're like, uh, this is a nightmare. Yeah, My life you, is miserable. Do you ever do the thing where, like, something so enormously bad happens that you automatically start making all the, like, the lists of everything you're going to have to do to fix uh-huh, it? Uh-huh, yeah. Where immediately, like, seconds after it happened, I was like, I have to replace the window and I have to get a new AC unit and I have to call the landlord. Like, I immediately Honestly, started. Honestly, uh, most of the time when something bad happens, that is what gives me the most, uh, stress and anxiety mm. it's like not even the thing that happens just like oh now i gotta do this and yeah now, I'm not, like, like i don't have enough to do yeah yeah it's just like yeah now i'm like i'm just adding things to what i have to do and like they have to be done yeah it's just like oh god um also just the experience of having because i haven't had something like um i it's traumatic sounds like too big of a word for use right, to right, this right. but yeah. like for this situation but like like a big event it was such an enormous noise yeah. that i immediately was shaking oh yeah yeah because yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. so loud yeah um and that was weird too right because like i haven't you know i don't drive so i haven't been like right. in a car accident sure, recently sure. but yeah. I, like that reminded me of that like immediately afterwards you're like oh shit right like that was a lot yeah um so that was cool uh, it's all right that I'm talking about this, guys. We're in the bad news section. <laughs> so in other bad news, um, let's talk about NPR. Okay. Uh, defending their interview with a white supremacist, Jason Kessler. I saw people talking about this. I didn't actually know what they did. Okay. I just kept seeing people tweet like, well, we won't interview white supremacists. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. Like, what? Are you, when what? you say people, do you mean me? I tweeted that. I saw other people doing it too, oh, though. I did see you do that, but I saw other people tweeting like, we'll, you know, we won't interview white supremacists, or like, instead of having white supremacists on, when you have X on, and and like, I, but I didn't know what the people were talking about. So yeah. it's just like something has happened. And, and I, I will know. say that NPR is not the only outlet that has done stuff like this. Huffington Post has also spoken with white supremacists. Well, Vice did a whole fucking documentary about Jason Kessler, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I'll say this, and it's just my policy on my own show. You don't have to platform white supremacists. Right. We know what their deal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've heard it a million times. They think the white uh, white people are superior to other people of other races. Well, that's you, that's my thing. Is like when I'm I don't know anything about the story other than what you just said. The NPR uh, interviewed Jason Kessler. I assume their defense is something like you know it's worthwhile to interview these people to understand them. I so understand th- them. I get it. I, that's my thing with white supremacists. Like, we know what their deal is. Yeah, I don't, I un, so I don't, there's certain people, there are certain like bad people. I think you still shouldn't, but an argument could be made like, oh, we need to find out what they, you know what I mean? Like, we need What's to find out what they, actually, what they actually believe in and stuff like that because we don't know. With, white, with Jason Kessler, like, you know, you know what his deal is. Yeah. And we're also not debating like, tariffs you right, know where, right, right, where right. there could potentially be some like policy wiggle room uh-huh. where you know nothing they say is scientific or uh-huh. accurate uh-huh. or or adds value to our society right. literally they think white people are superior to other races based on their own bigotry mm-hmm. so it's like I understand that. I get that. It's wrong. Yeah. Why are we treating them like they have something valuable to add? That was to always my discourse? deal with like Richard Spencer. It's yeah. like he's not saying anything. Like you know what his deal is. He wrote hundreds yeah. of articles online. Like we all know what his deal is. I don't. So there's nothing to be gained. You know. I mean, I think like there are interviews where you can like get new information out of people. You yeah. know, like or get them to admit to something or, you know what I mean? Like there are, there are things you can do in an interview, but with like Jason Kessler and Richard Spencer, right supremacists, like we already know it's like interviewing like David Duke. Like we all know what his deal is. Like what's what's the point? There's this flaw in media, which is if you give equal airtime to a white supremacist and a black lives matter activist, which is what NPR did, what you're inherently implying with that framing is this is like a he said, she said thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
uh, here's one side of the argument, and here's the other side of the argument, and they both have equal weight. Right. And I'm sure NPR would say that's not the case, but that's what that looks like that's with that happens. framing. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's like, well, th- these are both equally valuable yeah. um, contributions, and it's like, no, one is a person saying, like, we would like police to stop murdering black people, and mm-hmm. the other is a fucking racist who right. just thinks the white race is superior. <laughs> like, yeah. that, those are not two equal things right right right. um so apparently and i didn't hear the interview with npr i've just read about it since then the interviewer also did like a really bad job pushing back against the white supremacist of course they did because their their whole point uh, that's the thing is that like that's another sort of like inherent flaw in this thing is that like anybody who's willing to interview jason kessler is obviously not willing to push back on him. Because mm-hmm. if they were, they just wouldn't interview him. Right. Because I, I think the other thing that these people miss, and by these people, I mean NPR journalists, or just any of these sort of like, we're objective, you know, you know, we don't take sides, we just present reality or whatever type journalists, is like, that what they don't get about like Richard Spencer and Jason Kessler is that they are like, I, I don't mean to diminish them, they are like huge bigots, uh, that are capable of, of violence. But I think people like Jason Kessler and Richard Spencer, what they want is to be a media darling. Because mm. if they didn't, they would just be actually like, you know, it, out murdering people. You know what I right, mean? Like, right. it, like they want to be media figures, just right. racist ones. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, the, like Jason Kessler is living for this to get put on national Absolutely, spotlight and yeah. spread his message mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like that's I mean, what again, he wants. I, and I've said this before, but fascists rely on democratic spaces, giving them room of so course. they can spread their message. Yeah. So like NPR, I'm sure they're very well-meaning people when they're like, well, you know, we have to hear from all sides, but it's like, that is what fascists are banking on that There's NPR a, will let them have a platform so they can exactly. spread their bullshit. There's a reason that, Richard Spencer is not out still organizing because he's fucking physically afraid to do it. Yeah, he's afraid yeah. to go outside and he's afraid to like to go do anything. And once he started, like once the numbers in his like little talk started dwindling, I remember seeing a video like he did some talk at a college and there were like ten people there. As soon as that started happening, he went home. Yeah, because he doesn't because he is a bigot. He is like a huge racist asshole. But like his <laughs> his plant like. You know, if he really was like a uh, like his only intent was to create a white ethno state and to spread his message, he would still be out organizing all of his racist buddies or whatever, even if it was unsafe or, you know, even if it was, you know. But once he stopped getting media attention, he just stopped because that's his whole deal. Like him and this Jason Kessler guy and all this, like they just want to be out in the national media spreading their message. Yes. Um, And then did you see... So the Unite the Right rally just happened mm-hmm. um, in Charlottesville. Yeah. Uh, one year after a Nazi killed Heather Heyer when he plowed his car into a group of um, counter-protesters. So NPR tweeted that out, but they made it sound like a sentient car. A car plowed into plowed it. Into, yes. It was like, no, no, important detail. A Nazi mm-hmm. was driving the yeah. car and mm-hmm. a Nazi killed Heather Heyer <laughs> and yeah. tried to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... So also in bad news, uh, Twitter has admitted that InfoWars violated its rules, but says it will remain on the platform. But an interesting update to this story, and one that I hadn't heard about, was that um, a bunch of Twitter engineers have been tweeting about it. Really? Uh, and how, like, criticizing Twitter, where they're like, this policy is incoherent. And I think that's my biggest issue with Twitter, is just that, I mean, obviously I think it's an issue that they're, that InfoWars is given a platform on their website. But I think my biggest issue is that it just doesn't make any sense. Like the, whatever their, whatever rubric they're using for who they ban and who they don't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, what Jack won't admit, you know, I've seen people accusing him of being a white supremacist and all of that stuff. I don't know about that, but what I do know is that he's a businessman and what sure. he doesn't want to do is start kicking off really famous people because then they'll lose users. I mean, he kicked they kicked off Gavin McInnes and the yeah. Proud Boys. I think that's probably just because 
I mean, Gavin McGinnis was like beyond, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I feel there I, are cleverer white supremacists using the platform yes, yeah, who yeah. know like how far they can get to the line. Yeah. Gavin McGinnis is just an idiot and it's he had just, no idea. Right. And I also think it's just like that's a really easy target to go after because I don't think anybody like they're not going to get mass people leaving their website because Gavin McGinnis yeah, and the like, Proud who gives Boys. A shit? Yeah. Like, nobody likes the Proud Boys. Right. So like nobody cares, you know, Um and so it takes a little more actual spine to kick off Alex Jones because right. there will be an uproar. I mean, but speaking of dummies who don't know where the line is, yeah. Alex Jones is like terrorized the uh, Sandy Hook parents. Yeah. And I mean, truly, truly beyond the pale. But what's interesting is, um, you know, Silicon Valley, the tech world worships engineers. Mm-hmm. And to have engineers... Because if you lose your engineers, you're truly fucked. Yeah. So to have Twitter's engineers criticizing Jack publicly is huge. I and also he responded to it where he's like, "We," need, which is always what Twitter does. They're like, yeah. yeah, we know we fucked up. We need to do better. And they keep saying we're going to do better. And then they never do. It just doesn't. Uh, yeah. I just wish there was some sort of transparency and also just like any sort of like coherent, like we kicked off these people for this reason. We're not. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, if, if, if you want like you know it it just doesn't make any sense like you know there's micro versions of it where like people will get you know suspended for like responding to like abuse but then like the people doing the abuse don't get don't get banned or anything um and it's just like there needs to be some sort of actual coherent like this is when we ban people this is not and if you don't want to go through that then you can be the website that just doesn't ban anybody but then like God. live up to that and like <laughs> a lot of people are going to leave oh yeah so you know but the, at least that's a coherent like like idea it's a it, i mean but we know that's untenable because that was supposed to be reddit right and like reddit just evolved so quickly <laughs> yeah, into yeah, exactly. a cesspool so yeah. we, we know that doesn't work yeah all right, guys, we are just blowing through this episode. So we got to wrap stuff up. And uh, we know how we do that, right? Here is your good news. So I had actually wanted to talk about that in the good news section, Twitter suspending the Proud Boys and and founder Gavin McInnes. Oh, okay. Um, Obviously, that is good news. Also, the fact that Uber, Lyft, and DC restaurants uh, all banned Unite the Right rally participants. Yeah, that's great. Um, And there were like signs posted outside of DC restaurants saying that they would not be welcome and they um, reserve the right to refuse service (laughs) to white supremacists. Yeah, the best thing about like all the Unite the Right idiots and like the Proud Boys is that they're also like just dumb and so (laughs) proud of their ideology that like they would they they literally just wear like their identity on them and then like like oh they won't let us in like yeah because you're wearing you're literally like wearing your name on your i mean they're proud of their ideologies right up until it costs them their job and then they're like what or they get punched in the head yeah they're like why why are you mad (laughs) uh and then they cry in a Mm -hmm. video online that was awkward yeah um so, what did I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about... Yeah, let's talk about Brock Turner. Uh, he lost his uh, latest appeal. He remains guilty of rape, but still... Still no jail time. Still no jail time, and also still so many publications referring to him as a former swimmer. <laughs> Where it's like... First of all, when the fuck have you ever been referred to as like a former what you did several years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. He's a rapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who happened to swim at one time. But the right. fact that people are still calling him a former swimmer is so fucking weird. Yeah. Stop it's doing really that. Bizarre. Like, yeah. What did you do four years ago that you no longer do? Mm, I guess uh I was like a hotel manager. If I introduce, if we were at a party, yeah, 
And I was like, this is Eric, former hotel manager. Yeah. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck is happening yeah, right now? Yeah, I was like, why? Why did you refer to yeah. me as something that I... Like, it's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very strange. And Stop. also, like, it's not even relevant to the story. Yeah, and I, I'm like, <laughs> like it can't even be that they think people won't remember who Brock Turner right, is. Right, right. Like, it, it, the only reason it would be relevant... And it's not it's not relevant, but the only case I could think of that it would be relevant is if like he was a swimmer and he used like his position as a swimmer. You know what I mean? Like the way like fraternity brothers like use like parties and stuff like that to lure you know what I mean? Like if it had something to do with the swim team and he was like it was a female swimmer and he was like using his power as a head swimmer. You know what I mean? Like that's the only reason you would even bring up the swimming. You right. still wouldn't refer like to if, him as a swimmer, if but like, maybe you were using it as an exploration into like how male students who are athletes use their status as athletes yes. to like lure women and like yes, exactly. maybe then but if it was like an indictment of like jock culture. Exactly. Or yeah, or like yeah, the way that we you know, the same way that like so many college football players have just been given complete right. free passes but because of their al- status. It's always used with this sort of like tacit, like, oh, isn't it a shame he threw his future right, right, away? Right, right, Which right, is like, right. yeah. I truly could not give less of a shit about yeah. Brock Turner's future. Yeah. Like anything bad that's happening to him right now is a hundred percent his fault and his mm-hmm. doing. So yeah. like it does not make me shed a tear about his like losing his promising career as a swim a I almost said a swim guy. A swim guy. Uh, a swimmer, like who gives a shit? Yeah. Um so yeah. Also I very doubt he had a promising career as a he swimmer. He was like fine. <laughs> he would not drown. There's like three people that make a career out of swimming. <laughs> uh so and it's uh, hold on, Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, and that's it. There's two. <laughs> there's two people who make a living. <laughs> and Ryan Lochte physically cannot stop fucking up. Yeah, yeah. So he is maybe my favorite idiot. Ryan it's, Lochte. I, anytime there's like, I, that's like one of the interesting things about Olympic athletes to me is because you know by definition they're all young, and it's just like seeing young people given that amount of like status and power and but wealth is just like even in that group he is it's, yeah that's what i mean yeah like he's just like up. just incapable of living a reg- like so stupid <laughs> so um we've been following the the chris hardwick story mm-hmm. um chris hardwick accused of um long-term abuse by his ex uh chloe uh dixtra so in the wake of that, uh, AMC like suspended him from the Talking Dead, and it l- sort of looked like for a while maybe he was going to be permanently replaced. And people were like, "Yay!" And then AMC was like, "Oh no, he's sorry, and we did an internal investigation, and it's okay, and he's coming back now." And everyone was like, "What? What's happening? Uh, what was that investigation? Did you just have like cocktails with him?" And he said he didn't do it. That's um, what it feels like. Yep, that's it's what it like, feels like. Hey, uh, can you respond to these allegations? Like, I didn't do it. Like, well, cool. that clears that up. We have investigated it and <laughs> case closed. So now in the wake of that, in the wake of the announcement that he is coming back to Talking Dead, a handful of Talking Dead staffers have quit ahead of his return, which is good. Uh, hopefully more people will follow suit because it's bananas that mm-hmm. this guy still has a job. Um And, yeah, the network said that after reviewing the investigation's findings, they had determined that Hardwick returning to work is the appropriate step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So Chloe Dijkstra tweeted, Hey, dudes, just a reminder, I 100% stand by every single word of my essay. I made sure it was unembellished, factual, and that I had evidence to back it up in order to protect myself in case of actual litigation, not a network investigation where I'm not protected. That is all. Um, Hardwick's name was also restored to the Nerdist website after he was cleared by AMC, uh, causing some of the site's writers to also quit in protest. Good. Like Donna Dickens. Yeah, that's uh, great. Quit, yeah. Uh, Yeah, don't be affiliated with this guy. You know, like stop letting shitty dudes drag you down. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, no, it's just, it's when people are like, I mean, I just don't understand what people think. Like when, when people are like, 
people that think he's innocent, mm-hmm. I don't understand what they think Chloe is doing. You know what I mean? Like, why? Oh, it's always she wants to get famous, which is the dumbest possible yeah, way like, to get famous. Yeah. And no woman has ever done ever. Like, right. Because your name might be out there for a little bit, but you are just a target of unrelenting harassment. Yeah, yeah. That's all that happens when a woman like that comes forward. Especially somebody like Chris Hardwick, who's like a nerd darling. I got to tell you, of all the things I do not understand in this world, and there are many, I do not understand hardcore Chris Hardwick fans. Like, what are you a fan of? I think it's because he's a nerd, but he's also, like, cool. the closest thing to, like, a regular dude yeah. in, like, the nerd circle. I don't know, Does that know, make man. sense? Like, yeah, he's no, like, it, it, that does make sense. He's really into comics, and he's really into, you know, The Walking Dead and, you know, but nerd like, who stuff. who the fuck isn't? That's another thing. Like, when people use that as, like, a status thing now, like, uh, I'm a little different. I like comic books. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck doesn't like comic yeah. books? You know, or like, oh, I'm uh, uh, I'm a little like alt. I'm into The Walking Dead. It's like, you mean the show everybody yeah. fucking watches? I think wow. It's, yeah, I think it's just because like he's like a bro, but he's also like yeah, nerdy. Right. Yeah, it's and like a little bit of the prom king vibe. It yeah. is. Yeah. He's like, he's, he, I mean, he's, a, I guess, a, a moderately attractive guy. He's got I a should, yeah, hair, like. I mean, I've, I, you know, whatever, unimportant, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it just mystifies me. It's sort of like... I do think that's what it is. I yeah. think it's just like, because like most of the like, you know, I think a lot of times the the people who become like nerd darlings, like, uh, I mean, he's also in a lot of uh, hot water, but like Dan Harmon is like oh, sure. schlubby, beardy, yeah. like looks greasy at all <laughs> he's times. He's in a like, lot of hot water. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that is the funniest way to put that. Um, <laughs> he's in a bit of a pickle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? Like he's, uh, he's like kind of famously like always wearing like a loose hoodie, like looks like he just rolled out of bed. Like, but he, yeah, I mean, but like, you know what I mean? Like he was sort of like, this is our, you know, he created Rick and Morty. So he's like a God to these people. And like now, and then like people like Hardwick come along, who's like in shape looks nice has like a personality yeah but i guess in my mind i'm like rick and morty's good and like the talking dead is fine but like i don't know well i mean he he hosted at midnight which is like a pretty popular show yeah i don't i mean it's popular i don't know if it's it is popular yeah i watched a couple episodes i thought it was fine it's fine i thought it was okay yeah um but like and he had like his podcast he created he's just he's a professional host I, i guess i what i'm saying is i get when people oh, yeah. about Harmon because it's like right because he actually created these shows right, right, that right. you can like watch and consume and they're great but Chris Hardwick is like a professional host and I'm like what are you invested in just his personality yeah I guess just like yeah just his personality just like I don't know I mean people just latch on to that stuff you know he's yeah. like quippy you he know, is. He's, he's like, so quippy. He's like uh, quippy, so people are just like, "Oh, he's so funny." He's I'm so- just saying, I don't value quippiness so much that I would ignore allegations of long-term abuse in a relationship. But that's just me, you know. Maybe I I'm li- not hardcore enough of a Walking Dead fan. I honestly think if there were, as I, I legitimately think for most people in this industry, like the sort of like nerd, like entertainment industry, nerdtainment, nerdtainment industry. Mm-hmm. I think if there were, I would say maybe barring like actual video of actual sexual assault, but if there were if there were video of Chris Hardwick like, yelling at Chloe, I still think oh. people would defend him. Well, yeah, I know that because uh, there was video of Johnny Depp screaming, yeah. yeah, 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 at his ex, and people still defended him. So there's nothing that there's nothing a woman can do, or there's no amount of evidence she can present that will ever satisfy these fucking. There's nothing a guy can do that would make boys. them not like him. Yeah, like because like yeah, with like the Johnny Depp video. I mean, if you had that exact, you know, of, of all the stuff that Chloe said in her essay, which a lot of it was so like like painful and hard to read. Like if there were just actual video of that, like they would still be like make excuses for him. Yeah, yeah, just like or just like yeah, like he was probably upset because she was being a bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's what guys do when they get upset. They just yell and scream and yeah. 
he probably had a good reason to ask immediately after she had surgery uh, how soon he could have sex with her again. Hey, uh, you know what? Men have biological needs. You know? And um, it's just biology. Maybe you should take a science class, maybe, Allison. Maybe she should stop being selfish. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Please follow uh, Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Smith. Eric yeah. spelled E-R-E-K. Tweet me because I'm going to be in Scandinavia for a month with nothing to do. I was also like, literally, that's the only way you can get in touch with Eric now <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> via Twitter. You can Twitter. tweet me. Uh, if you're my friend, you can Facebook message me or email me. Uh, please don't try to use or move a window air conditioning unit on your own because it's really dangerous. <laughs> and we take anything away from here. If anybody would like Don't to do anything on your own. <laughs> go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. That's how Parker advised I say mm-hmm. it from now on. Smash that donate button. Smash the donate button like an air conditioner falling yep. from the third floor. <laughs> Taking out two air conditioning <laughs> units beneath it. Go smash that donate <laughs> button and blow out my window. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening, guys. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>